Hello, everyone, and welcome to the two-point conversion Monday Night Football pregame show. I know uh, someone on their Friday show is giving me heck for changing the name all the time, so yeah, I'll, I'll say that again. The two-point conversion Monday Night Football pregame show with injury analysis and our logo <coughs> in the side corner. Two-point conversion. Going for two. That's where we're at. Goingfortwo.com, and we're all people who are at Going for Two. Did I, did I say the title enough, Dan? Gonna throw it in there a few more times. We've still got another hour to go. I can forget. So I need to say it two more times at least. Uh, just before every segment, you can't. Anytime you, anytime you've got lost in your train of thought, just throw out a plug. Get All right. So another going for two two point conversion <laughs> co-host is. All right. I'll stop with that. But Gladys, how are you doing? Happy to be on the going for two two point conversion Monday pregame show with injury analysis from Doc. Yeah, Doctor no! James Ready. <laughs> Got it all in there. Of the... I'm back. Did you guys miss me? I was yes. gone for a week. Did you miss me? Terribly I missed you so. guys. Where did you yeah. go? Uh, I didn't really go anywhere. I went to my cousin's wedding, and I just got back too late, and I wasn't going to be able to to do anything. Was it an open so, bar? Uh, I plead the fifth. <laughs> so, Doctor disappear. We'll say from last week. But, uh, thanks for reappearing. Doc, Doc was that? Doc back. Doc was out with a he was out with a liver. There we go. Yeah, exactly. I I had I had a grade two liver injury. (laughs) Wasn't able to be here. Oh yeah, isn't that uh, isn't that what what held Keenan Allen out for a year? No, that was that was a spleen, I guess. Not a liver. Andrew Luck as well. Yeah, Yeah, Andrew Luck for sure. I think it was kidney, but uh, he he uh, he was pretty messed up before he before he retired. Like he lacerated his kidney. And then played a few more years after that, and then retired. So ridiculous. Yeah. Well, yeah, and Keenan Allen's all healthy now. And oh wait, uh, okay. yeah, or is he? <laughs> anyway, yeah, we'll, we'll talk injuries in a bit. Um, Dan, do you any any declarations you want to make from Discord? Dan, anything about the oh, worst six and one team ever in well, NFL history, bar none, uh, without a doubt, the, the like the most awful worst team ever. Hashtag Week Eight Road Underdog. Like that's that's <laughs> yeah, where we're at. Right, underdog in Seattle again. No one likes us, and we don't care. It's wonderful. The New it's York great. Rodney Dangerfield—they right. don't get right. no respect, no There's respect at all. None, none. I mean, at so the I, 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 I could see the, the underdog last week. Like I could see, I, oh, I, I couldn't see the underdog last week. I can see the underdog this week. This week. I, I, I get I it. In yeah, Seattle, they're, it. they're the top of what their division, right? Seattle. So yeah. I understand. Well, you say team with a winning record. I get it. Yeah, we would do to come up against one of them, but. You, know, you play enough games, you know, hopefully come up against someone that's won one. But uh, you know, I think right. Look at look at what the team did yesterday. Like, my God, Daniel Jones, two hundred yards passing, hundred rushing. Saquon went bananas. I mean, it's it's very you know the, what they lacked last year was fight, and that last play on the goal line was everything that you want to see from them. It's yeah, that's what winning that, teams do, honestly. It's, like it's it's the one percenters, the one percent plays, right? You know, all those one percenters add up, and. You do that every time and it builds and it builds and it builds. And before you know it, you're ahead of where you really should be when you look back. So again, I'll go back and say it. They have to lose. They've got the bye week. They will be a 500 team until week 13 now. So, you know, when you think about it, it's only four games. They have to lose every game up until week 13. And then there's four games to go to not make the playoffs the way the rest of the NFC is going. That's a spirit. That's wild. (laughs) (laughs) There goes every decent player we thought we could draft, but it's okay. We'll get there. But and listen, one of our teams on this on this show has to be doing well, right? 
Hey, the Raiders, wow. hey, Raiders, the Raiders won yesterday. Won yesterday. The Raiders won for, yesterday. Your, for your information, sir. Uh, congratulations at two and four. Very good. I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> no, I like the Raiders. I, I really wish they did better. It's a shame. Yeah. You but, you know, me both. No, um, no, no, I, well, like I, I have a question team. for you. I, I wanted to ask about this because this, to me, is maddening. Like, this is maddening. Even as a fantasy football player, as a fan, like, there have been people, like, when the Giants were, like, three and one, like, people were saying, like, this team's not going anywhere. Like, they're hurting themselves because they're not getting a better draft pick because they're not tanking. Like, what are you doing? What is this binary, like, garbage? How about, like, yeah, teams that aren't supposed to do well, like, they do well, and sometimes they could even, like, you know, win the Super Bowl. Like, isn't that what it's all about? Isn't it about, like, winning? Like, what is this BS about, like, we're going to get a good draft pick and do good in three years? How about we're good right now? How about we're good right now? Let's play to win right now. Well, I mean, the Giants aren't really good. There's that. Uh, if, you've, if you've watched it, listen, jokes aside, I think a lot of the Giants fans will, will sit on that side. No, I joke about it, obviously, a fair bit. The reason for it is because they didn't pick up Jones's option and they have to pay Barkley, I guess. So there's a lot of problems on that side of it where as nice as this is, there's still limbo coming very quickly because you either have to pay Jones a lot of money. And if you tag him, it's 31 mil or you're going to pay him a contract. If you're sure he's going to stick around for another three, four, five years, mm-hmm. or you're going to draft one and we're seeing what those draft picks can do. You have to get them early and, you know, with Philly holding what a top five pick at the moment, that's going to be awfully hard to come up and get. So, a lot of it for the Giants at this point is they're in two minds because we've seen how bad it has been, and it hasn't been good for a while. And accepting nice things isn't really, Jim. You know this. It's a New York, New Jersey thing. We don't really like nice things. It's, that is it's, fair. That's very. There's a lot of things that we don't like. Happiness is one of them. So <laughs> it's it's 100% easy just to hate what's going on because if we draft a rookie and he's terrible, we're still happy within our hatred. It's wonderful. It's a it's the greatest edge of all time. So there's that. But again, like it's not like they're they're playing with Golladay and Tony and Shepard and lighting teams up. It's literally, we're going to bore you to death for the first three quarters, and then let's see how we can reel this one back in the fourth. But if we want to take Except for the Buffalo Bills, who else is? Everyone is doing that. Except for the Bills, everyone is doing that. But for a team as bad as what ours has been, this it's really weird to see the shoe on our foot. But if you look at it, this is what Tennessee was doing last year with Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill. This is my, my cop to it. Like Their defense was getting things done, even though you wouldn't think they did because they had some losses last year, but it was on the back of Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill was managing maybe 180 to 200 pass yards a game. If they can do that, then if they can keep their heads on and have a bit of luck health-wise, they might make some noise at the end of the season towards a run at the playoffs. I still don't know how they're going to... I mean, their, their draw is weak as hell, but... Well, what about in we know 2011 how, or 2012? Like, they weren't supposed to be Green Bay. Sorry, Kyle. Um, they weren't supposed we're, to be we're, we're San Fran and they won the frigging Super Bowl. So Again, like, it's one of those you know, things I have, where I have so many, you know, I have so many thoughts and so many questions about that, but I don't want to make it into like a, a bigger those... scope thing, but it, but it's like, let, let's just look at it from an injury perspective. It's like, okay, so you get a better draft pick and let's say the pick doesn't bust. Like, let's say he's amazing. Like Brees Hall. 
oops, like yeah. now he tore his ACL and you're SOL, right? So like this idea of like, we're going to get a draft pick and we're going to get this great yeah. player in the future who could be amazing. Well, he could also get hurt and you could get left with empty pockets, but you have a running back right now who, yeah, maybe you have to pay him, but like, yeah, this is my question for everybody. It's like when, when players get paid, it's, it's like, win, why right? is there yeah. a feeling it gets your money? It's yeah. not your money. So like, why yeah, does it think... personally affect you? Like, so somebody gets paid. So what? Like, enjoy the fact that they're winning. Yeah. I don't know. Just that, that's my own. That's my rant. So it's uh, like, uh, you guys do rants every week. Uh, I wanted to take a rant, live in the present, be happy when things are going well, because guess what? Things are probably going to go shitty at some point, And then you'll have plenty of time to be unhappy about it. So there you go. Well, speaking of Brees Hall, I mean, I think that's definitely where Shane Manila is talking here. Hey, Doc, why hasn't medical science found a way to instantly heal ACL tears? I guess that's his rant. I have to blame <laughs> someone and I blame you. So it's you all on you, Doc. I, 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 that, feels, that feels true to me. So but, I, I, I take the blame for that. Yeah, I, will get better, Shane, I will get on that. And do better. I feel like I'll have a solution by next week, the latest. Do better. Why is there but, a company can? You can just spray your knee back together. That's it. Uh, but as uh, Shane's Twitter handle says, I mean, this, this is the worst. Brees Hall tearing his ACL, done for the Shane, year. You're, you're amazing. Uh, so we can kind of transition into injury <laughs> talk and yay, our, our, our best time. And yeah, Shane's definitely not the worst. Uh, no, but Shane, uh, Shane is awesome. Yeah, for sure. But so ACL, but I guess also announced today that he also tore his meniscus. And yeah. I think Dan posed this question in the show sheet, I assume. Uh, Doc, is this more similar to Saquon Barkley's injury a couple of years ago than it was J.K. Dobbins' injury last year? It's actually not as bad as it sounds. I mean, the the um, injury triad or the unhappy triad with ACL injuries is usually um, ACL, MCL, and medial meniscus. So it's really not uncommon for there to be multiple injuries when you injure the ACL. So this really doesn't change anything for me. I wouldn't necessarily call this a complex ACL tear. I think with J.K. Dobbins, I have to go back and look at it, so don't quote me on this, but I think there was a complex component to it where there may have been – there's something else called the posterior lateral corner, which is a different type of injury, and I think there may have been a component of that. That makes it a more complex injury that adds to the instability. It's a more complicated surgery. So that's one aspect of it that they look for. But for, for you guys out there to not get too deep into the weeds of the medical jargon just yet um, – having a meniscus injury with an ACL tear is really not that uncommon and it doesn't really add that much to it. Like they'll go in, they'll fix the meniscus, they'll fix the ACL. It, it doesn't really raise any red flags. For me. Uh, not raising any alarms. Yeah, really. <laughs> Who is that? Uh, is that, are the giant fans coming to take me away because I want them to be happy? Is that what it is? <laughs> no. But it doesn't it doesn't change anything for me. I, I think, um, you know, there's no guarantees with anything, but assuming a successful surgery um, and, you know, we'll we'll uh, we'll talk about him right now, actually, um, you know, estimation for him coming back, assuming uh, successful surgery about July or August. So it may be like Saquon Barkley in the sense that he starts a little slower and gets a chance to ramp up over the first couple of weeks. But long term wise, as long as his surgery and his recovery is successful, like we saw with you know, Joe Burrow and, um, you know, uh, Saquon Barkley and, and, you know, tons of other players. I'm not really worried about his long-term outlook at all, really. What complicated things last year for Barkley was he ha suffered a, a separate injury. So he came back right. and was ineffective, then suffered a different injury. It was an ankle injury yeah. and then missed time. So people kind of view all last year all was a lost season, but it was, yeah. you know, that the ankle injury could have happened to anyone who was healthy as well. So right. had he had the chance to kind of 
you know, not suffer that injury, he might have finished the season strong and, and recovered. Yeah, and well. the thing in there is he was actually starting to look good when he injured his ankle. Like, he started out slow, but he was his production was ramping up, and he was starting to look like Saquon, and then, boom, got the other injury, and that was that. So we don't know what that was going to look like, but this year we see what he's doing, and he's been amazing up to this point. So, like, knock on wood, that continues um, for the Giants and for every everybody that rosters him's sake, but – like this is this is the Saquon that we expected last year that we we didn't get, but now we're getting it. So Joel's here. Mr. Scampers came knocking in as hey well. Guys. Saying good afternoon. Hey, um, Doc. Yeah. Why why wouldn't Mac Jones start tonight? Isn't he better? Isn't what, he? Why wouldn't he start? I thought he was. Starting. Yeah. He not starting? I thought he was too. Is he not? Uh, okay. Well, okay, so uh, we'll get to Joel's question here. I was going to wait a little bit for that, but because uh, I didn't want to keep talking about the Jets, but uh, we'll we'll jet on back eventually. <laughs> hey, everyone, I have Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi to choose from tonight. Who do you think will play more? I'm going against Justin Fields. Uh, the pick is going to determine if I win or lose. Um, the, the, I, yeah. the Patriots' defense is going to determine whether you win or lose. <laughs> yeah, Regardless exactly. of who starts a quarterback, I like your chances, but we'll get there. I, well, yeah, so I think we, t- we could answer real quick, though. I think we're all under the impression that Mac Jones is going to play this entire game. That's I the mean, last I heard. Bearing, yeah. bearing like a setback to an injury. So, uh, Joel, I think we're all going to just say go Mac Jones. I mean, if, if everything goes as planned for them, Bailey Zappi is going to get you a zero and not play at all. Or, or he'll get you some negative points on kneal downs at the end of the game. Right, and yeah. Or garbage right? Like time handing off to Ramondre and Damian Harris and whoever else yeah. they decide he, to run You know, he might have some upside rushing if you're thinking that, like, okay, like, he, he might you know, run for some yards at the end of the game. But, no, I think we're, we're all I think we're all there's in agreement a, to yeah. play There's a high whoever, ankle sprain have a high starts, recurrence? Well, whoever okay. starts quarterback, play that person. Does a high ankle sprain have a high reoccurrence of being injured? Like, he's been out for three weeks with it, right? Yeah, it, it really only affects you. It affects you more, I should say, when you're trying to move laterally, and he's not the most mobile, most mobile sort yeah. to begin with. So it really affects players like Lamar Jackson. Russell Wilson had one. It really affected him. Um, but it, there have been other players that, I mean, I think Byron Leftwich had a high ankle sprain in the game that he was playing, and the line oh, they carried him. Yeah, I remember that. And he yeah. still managed to like lead them on a game-winning drive. So you can certainly play with it provided you're just kind of moving back and then throwing the ball. It's not ideal, yeah, uh, but it maybe can that's run. the problem in Tampa. Maybe Brian Ref- Leftwich has to get off the sideline and actually start throwing passes. Maybe they'll win there. <laughs> I know Daniel Jones had the ankle injury when he was playing in London, but he was playing against Green Bay, so it didn't matter too much. Yeah. Wow. That's 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 Shots a Swiss fired. cheese defense. Shots fired. Know, right? Shots fired. Okay. I mean, they just lost to Washington. <laughs> what shots? What shots? They, they lost to the Jets by three scores. <laughs> they're, they're on three-game losing streak to three teams that haven't made the playoffs in like a half decade. I'm just kidding. Watch, who was in the playoffs two years ago? They were. They, <laughs> With they, a really, losing were. Record, which, they really were. So I mean, I feel like we're going to maybe see something like that in a specific division this year. AFC South. <laughs> um, anyway. Uh, AFC East, though, looking pretty great. Uh, like, yeah, you know, the Jets do have a winning record. And... Uh, uh, you know, unfortunately, not just suffering the injury to, or not just having Brees Hall suffer an injury, but their offense also losing Corey Davis with an MCL and slash knee injury. So MCL is it a full tear, Doc, or a, you know, a little bit of piece of paper, maybe just a grade one? Oh, strain, you, like, yo, I saw that last week. You, you bunch of slanderous uh, scoundrels. Um, anyway, <laughs> alliterations. Um, awesome. I was really, I was really proud of that segment. 
by the way. I'll have that you was know. a great segment. It's, I it's, it's, our, it's been our favorite segment from the year. That's why we keep yeah. listening to it, to be honest. <laughs> I could tell. Right. Thanks, um, for tu- thanks for tuning in. Yeah, no, listen. Uh, <laughs> yeah, appreciate you comment and join oh, yeah. the chat. I was there in spirit. So Corey Davis, the MCL sprain, severity unclear at this point. My suspicion is it's a grade one, so no actual tearing of the fibers. Um, but it still could cost them a couple of weeks, you know, one to two weeks. Um, for what it's worth, this is the interesting part. Their bye week is week 10. So do they hold them out until then? I don't know. It's a possibility. Um, so do you guys to be on the lookout for updates for that because it's still unclear as to how they're going to manage at this point. It could be anywhere from he could play in week eight or he could be all the way out, out until week 11. Or if you find, we find out that it's worse based on the MRI, then he could be out even longer. But it's really unclear at this point. Yes, super, super hard to gauge that because obviously Elijah Moore put in the trade request, right? Yeah, we so how does oh, whatever? I mean, oh, he's back. Leverage, he's you back. Know? Like they, they just said they just said he's back on the team. He's active. He he resended his trade request. He's active. They're all kissing and hugging and braiding each other's hair. Yeah, I mean, he's back on. now. He's like what, because he's because Colin Davis are injured. They didn't have another like, choice. Probably, probably because no. we're well, gonna Davis. get targets. We guarantee you'll get targets. <laughs> We're not, no you know, targets. it's like he has yeah. no, he has no leverage. Like, it's yeah. like, he's like, I'm unhappy with my role. And, you know, that would be like the equivalent of like, you're, you know, you're working at McDonald's and you're like, Hey, I'm unhappy with my role as the cashier. So I demand to trade to Burger King. And they're like, listen, like, if or you don't I- like it, take a seat and, <laughs> and, you know, go home, you know, like w- you have no leverage here. What do you want? I was going to say, it'd be like uh, someone hosting a show, like on a, say like a Friday night or usually about 8 30 PM and just complaining about the music and no production value and the logos <laughs> yeah. and, and nothing yeah. gets done. Yeah. Though, and all they can do is where's complain. my, where's my music? Jeff? You really should just plug the show. That's the whole point. <laughs> you got to plug the show. Now's yeah, the well, chance. You talk about the sponsor, Jeff, because well, it's funny. <laughs> hashtag GF2. First deposit match, hundred dollars. That's true. That's our underdog promo, uh, as as Doc so quickly put. And uh, underdog picks is what Dan does on Friday nights. In fact, so it's an amazing show. I love it every time. I I I laugh so hard. It's arguably the most entertaining sports show show out there. It's fantastic. I I will say, I love. I love these guys. Shane Manila, the, the Dynasty Trades HQ crew, the, the, those guys are hilarious. Shane's guys funny. Are great, and are. like Dan's right up there in terms of like the entertainment value and hilarity of it. So I, I'll, I'll always watch. If I can't catch it live, I'm always rewatching that. You know what the scary thing is? A lot of the time I'm also right. I guess lost <laughs> Oh, yeah. It's good advice, people. <laughs> lost, yeah. 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 We don't want to, we don't want to like not mention that. Like, <laughs> that's that's really important. Like, you make a lot of good picks, like, but yeah, the entertainment value the is right there. There's quality and there's entertainment. Like, that's. It'll be like that's amazing. I'll, I'll go back through it on a Monday morning. Like, yeah, yep. Yeah. No, I got that right. But, well, yeah. Davis Mills did throw an intercept. Yep, that happened. Like, <laughs> what are we gonna do? <laughs> well, so get, give them a give them should, a formal plug. Do, let dead. the people know. Let the people know where you are on Friday night so they can tune in because it's definitely worth your time. It reminds me of like the good old days of when you and Izzy Ortiz used to do the back row giant show, and oh my. God, those shows are frigging hilarious. Like, I don't know, you weren't making any real picks on those shows, but the entertainment value, like, this rivals that. And you're doing it I mean, solo. So let the people that, know that, where they can find that. That show's highlight is reacting to a player getting arrested. So, like, I mean, like, it's it was wild. But yeah, this yeah, is definitely a lot know. more. Let the people know where you are Friday honest. nights. I'm going for two. If he was like gardening on a Friday night, I'd have him join me, but he's, he's too busy, like, gardening. I, I can't. I can't get you away from the garden. Well, you know, so we, all, we but, all got priorities, but let the people know where you are. Friday night's going for well, two. I'm on a Friday night. 
I am, I am. I do an underdog prop show, similar to what we will do for a short, brief period of time tonight, uh, where we all get to make a pick. I generally make picks on the morning, afternoon, and evening. And yeah, I panic for 30 minutes and I get by very, very quickly. It's great. Do you want to see someone drowning in real life without water? Friday I night, totally disagree. It, like, it may seem like organized <laughs> chaos, but it, you it's, go through all the awesome. games, you give the props, the entertainment value off the charts. It's hilarious. It's informative. I mean, I you need to, wa- you need to watch this show. And, and the best part is just the amount of shit talking that you do on Jeff Lambert yeah. The founder of going for two, like that's worth it in and of itself, right there. Can I, I tell Because he has no, he has no ability to fight back. He's just, he's just a I mean, he, he could I, join and comment and defend himself that way. Let me let me tell you Good something. Luck. When when my when my uh, I wasn't I had technical problems on Friday, and I was, instead of being mad, I was like, great, I've got more material. Like, oh, we got to go at Jeff for this. It's not his fault that like the Wi-Fi is not working, but it is tonight. Like right now, it's his problem. Which the craziest thing is, is that Jeff is one of the nicest, most caring people, not just in the industry, but that I think I've ever met. And the fact that you just use him as a pinata every week, it just makes it like that much worse. It's like, I would know if you went after me like that, I like on some level, I feel like I would kind of get that. But (laughs) but going after Jeff like that, it just doesn't it doesn't compute. And it just for some reason, it makes it that much funnier because he's such a nice guy. Like he doesn't come back at you and be like, hey, you know what, B-League, you know, you're a real whatever. Like he takes it like like with such class and you just keep firing away. I mean, I don't get it, but it's hilarious. It's just fish in a barrel. It is. Fish in a barrel. Yeah. you know, you think it wouldn't be, people. you think it wouldn't be fun after a while, but I'll tell you what, apparently it's the, it, that's not the case because you keep going back to it and it just keeps getting funnier. So 100%. I, you know. but find, to be I, fair, I we do owe Jeff a lot. I mean, setting up going for two.com, setting up the going for two live channel on YouTube, Twitch, Facebook, by the way, if, if you know, if you're watching the video on Twitter, for instance, we can't see your comments. If you, you know, do oh, want to ask your questions, comments, Facebook. like Mr. Scamper's question here. Uh, that we will address in a sec, talking about uh, J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards, but uh, all that courtesy of, of Jeff. Um, and yeah, so subscribe to the YouTube channel and get uh, you know get the no, click the notification bell, and you'll get the live alerts. Not just for Dan's show on Fridays, but uh, I mean Friday night's doubleheader with the Armchair Show afterwards uh, as well. Which Jeff, it's funny because Jeff's got to go on after after hearing all those yeah. insults that Dan spews his way. It doesn't rattle him at all, though. True professional does the that DFS show uh, like great, but uh, yeah. So, Mister Scamper's question: You didn't miss anything about Dobbins and Gus Edwards. Uh, we wanted to touch on the Jets first, but yeah, I, I think good moment to talk about them now. So, Doc, what do we know uh, about Dobbins? I know he was inactive this week, and it seems like uh, a setback, and he'll be. I th- was he placed on IR officially? He was, yeah. So he had some sort of, I don't know if the issue is clear as to what procedure he needed on his knee, but his knee tightened up and quote unquote tightened up in week six. That opened the door for Kenyon Drake to have a resurgent game. Um, and J.K. Dobbins subsequently got placed on IR. So he's going to be at at least the next three weeks. And for those of you, like just the, you know, how fantasy football works, it was like Kenyon Drake was like the quick and, you know, exciting ad at running back this week. And and then Gus Gus the bus Edwards makes an appearance and basically life comes at you fast. It was like Kenyon Drake, everybody that had like the number one waiver pick. It's like, you know, he rushed for our, whatever he did. He got a touchdown in week six. Oh, I got Kenyon Drake. And then 
Gus Edwards is back, promptly rushes for two touchdowns, kind of takes over the lead in the backfield, and now he seems to be the hot ticket. Um, and we've seen this before from him. Like, that's the thing. Like, the Ravens, for better or for worse, like, they want to run the ball. And Gus Edwards has been a big part of that when he's been on the field the last couple of years. And it looks like he's he's back, and he's going to be a major contributor to that. So um, Two years ago, Dobbins' rookie season. Dobbins had a good rookie season. He was being used. But Gus Edwards was still fantasy mm-hmm. relevant week in, week out, and yeah. productive. And they were both, you know, they both had good touchdown upside and both were getting a lot of carries. So now without J.K. Dobbins, that kind of unleashes a almost an upside on Gus Edwards we haven't seen yet. And the, obviously the ACL tear complicated that last year. Uh, that, that was a life comes at you fast situation, right? One week Dobbins yeah. goes down. Everyone's like, okay, Gus Edwards. Oh, he goes down. Oh, Justice Hill. Then he goes down like three weeks in a row. And yeah, that's uh, that's why they were starting Latavius Murray and Devontae Freeman at running back last year. But uh, yeah, it's so Good. Gus Edwards, one of the highest priority waiver pickups this week, if he is available. Yep. Totally agree. Speaking now of- with the chargers, Mike Williams suffering an ankle injury. I thought I had read reports of high ankle sprain. So we, we know what that means, right? This is uh, especially this far into the season. Uh, I know uh, I'm in one of Jeff Lambert. And again, on top of doing all the going for two stuff and found all that, he creates uh, the zombie leagues and, uh, I'm in one of Jeff's zombie leagues and I've got Mike Williams and short benches and the need to kind of need players. Now I'd consider cutting him this week, to be honest. Well, you know, the story, like we've talked about it a bunch. So it's like now that you're coming from the position of like, you're actually in the position of you need to make a decision. So they are on a buy. We know it's a high ankle sprain. So given the fact that we've been working together for two and a half years and you read my book and all that stuff, like, what do you say at this point? Like, when would you expect him to be back and, and what are you going to do about it? Probably if, you know, he could maybe be back in a month, but probably won't be too effective that, that those first couple of weeks. So you're, you're looking at probably you want to wait six weeks and then you, that's when you can expect he'll be back and productive. So six weeks from now, that's week 14. Like that's that's the verge of the fantasy playoffs. And, you know, that one particular zombie league, uh, I think I'll be six and one. I yeah, am six and one got the win this week. So like that's maybe a team. I could, in theory, afford to hold him on, but that's one where, you know, if you face a zombie, and unfortunately in our league, there's like eight of the of the 12 managers are zombies now, so like you're almost going to be facing a zombie every week. Like one loss is catastrophic to your team, and you you, you drop most of your starting lineup. Right. Your, your opponent steals one, you can keep another, and then the rest of your starting lineup you drop, and then, uh, you know, zombies have extra privileges. They, you know, anyone who's not a zombie can only pick up players on Tuesday. Zombies have Tuesday and Saturday. Um, and then obviously the, the idea, if you beat someone as a zombie, you can steal one of their players, but it's still not something I want to have to deal with this year. And so it's kind of like in knowing in that league, you can't really afford even one week off. And if I need that extra roster spot to pick up a player somewhere to fill up, I can't take a zero anywhere. You know, Mike Williams is gone, I think. So, yeah, so definitely league dependent, you know, definitely depends on your situation, like a six in one team, like you said, you might be able to ride it out for um a couple of you know for three to four to five weeks whatever it is and then your eye is already if you're six and one like you're already looking towards the playoffs so that's the type of team where i would be more inclined to hold him and then hope that he comes back it's not he doesn't re-injure it it's not severe enough that he needs surgery and you know there's no guarantees with anything but the idea is like you want mike williams to be back and have a week to ramp up before your fantasy playoffs because that's what a six and one team is looking at if you're two and four or you're three and three and you're kind of like, I'm and it's a redraft league and you're like, I'm not sure if I'm even going to make it like that's when you got to start thinking seriously about making moves like that. Where you are like, this guy's not going to help me for a month. He's on a buy. 
I got to let him go. I got to make some other moves. I got to, I got to shake some things up. I got to get some production because I got to win these games. I can't sit around and, and lose two or three of them. And then I'm done for the year. And it doesn't matter if he comes back at that point. And then I think the consequence of that in terms of, you know, we'd expect Keenan Allen to be back healthy after the bye week started week nine. Uh, but you know, uh, Josh Palmer was out this week with, I think it was a concussion. Yeah. Again, I, maybe... think, I think Palmer will be back. I think DeAndre Carter has been mm-hmm. good. Um, I think Keenan Allen, given the bye week, like he, they, they surprised that they played him, but he didn't overly exert himself. Doesn't look like he didn't, he didn't re-injure himself. Um, so would expect him to pick up some, a lot more of that slack given, you know, two weeks from now. So, you know, that's going to change the landscape, but I think Josh Palmer, DeAndre Carter definitely have a lot of value coming out of the bye. Um, given Keenan Allen's kind of questionable status, even though I think he is going to play and I think he is going to be productive, but Mike Williams almost certainly is going to be out. So that elevates those guys. And, you know, Austin Eckler has just been a beast. Um, but Gerald Everett gets a bump. Yep. Like, you know, um, uh, Donald Parham, he's still injured his too as well. Injury. Um, so, you know, that offense could be, you know, could be ascending at this point. So there you go. Uh, apparently a room full of goats. Thanks, Yeti. Uh, um, but uh, question here from Eric Figueroa. Should I trade Michael Pittman to get Gabe Davis and DeAndre Hopkins? Should I trade Pittman and have Davis and have Davis for Hopkins? Yeah, I think I, is I, that I, supposed I, to be and Gabe Davis for Hopkins. So Pittman and Davis for Hopkins. Yeah, there we go. Um I don't oh. know. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna jump. I'm okay. gonna jump in right here. I see. That's, Sorry, that's I, I was interpreting Yeah, I know because I was interpreting it as Pittman for Davis and Hopkins. In which case, uh, I could see that, like giving away Pittman to get the two for one. But yeah, I know if you're giving away Pittman plus something else for Hopkins, no, no I think no. I think Pittman's the most valuable piece. So I think like that's the side where you want like you want to be on a, the two for one and Pittman's on the one side. That's would be like the, the fairest way. Right. I know the Colts are going to have a quarterback switch. We'll touch on that, but Dan seems like he wants to say something and not if just this, write his thoughts down. Like, if yes, this, yes. Yeah. yeah. I've got my thoughts somewhere. Uh, <laughs> if this was redraft you'd, with Erlinger coming in, I, I get it after what Hopkins did, but Gabe Davis is like, he's a, he's a league winner, right? Like this is, that's crazy. No, that's a no. Glad you do this trade. Yeah, right, I would not do this trade. There yeah, you go, Eric. Davis. I got my DB League. I got my Matt Patricia pencil here for you. You're way better than Matt Patricia, though. I'd actually trust you to run a, a football team over him. Oh, geez. Well, I I mean, thank it's, you. It's a low bar, to be honest. Yeah, that, awful, that is but... fair. That is fair. It's a low bar. So, <laughs> but that's, Which which makes sense to why the Lions would hire him. It's such a low bar franchise. But yeah, oh, be, at least at least Packers, as bad as they are, we can still look down on the Lions. Man, man those guys are pathetic. So like that, that feels good. At least there's some things that are still right in the universe. Uh, but yeah, uh, I guess we'll get right back on track. Um, so Amon Ross St. Brown returning from injury suffered a concussion. Or it seems like, and I know, I guess right. Dan Campbell kind of said some things, but again, lions organization, <laughs> what a transition there. Right. Uh, but uh, yeah. So what do we know about yeah. Amon Ross? Well, it seems like it's a quick story upon further review, no concussion. It was just, he came out of the game because he was on the borderline and they weren't sure. So they erred on the side of caution. Imagine that the NFL erring on the side of caution for once. Um, so given everything that we talked about a few weeks ago with concussions, they held him out of the game. Looks like he doesn't have a concussion, so he should be fine. Assuming there's no other injuries that he's dealing with. Um, so that's actually good news. So, so there you go. 
All right. So I guess we're past 730. So, Doc, you want to do some rapid fire now? Well, we can definitely do some some rapid fire. The, the um, first one I want to start with is because we, you know, we just we were talking about Pittman and the Sam Ellinger starting. So if you know, maybe this is a little less rapid fire, but we can start with Matt Ryan. Sure. Um, just in like the situation there, Matt Ryan looks like he's out with the shoulder injury, but it's also being reported that this isn't just a benching for injury. This is a performance based benching, and it sounds like the expectation is Sam Ellinger will be the starter the rest of the season. Which is a to me seems like a strange declaration to make. Yeah, right now, I, I but agree. Because if he's awful, Nick Foles could definitely start games. But it looks the like fix now is in. the fix is in. Colts are tanking. The fix is in. The Colts are trying to get Connor Bedard as well. They're is, tanking. The, the, the seems like fix everyone is wants. In. It doesn't even matter if it's the wrong sport. It seems like that's a everyone tank for Connor Bedard. I'm just kidding. I mean, that seems kind of harsh, like just looking at like how his game went. You know, he completed 33 passes. He threw 44. You know, he had a touchdown and two interceptions, but like the week, you know, a week ago, it was like, oh, Matt Ryan's back, you know, like against Jacksonville, three touchdowns, almost 400 yards. So I was kind of surprised, like, okay, he's got a grade two AC joint injury, like that's bad, and we could talk about that. But the fact that that Frank Reich had apparently seen enough and planned to make Sam Erlinger the starter going forward, regardless, I don't know, it's something about that just doesn't add up. I wonder if there's more there as far as like something else might be happening there. I don't know. Is Matt Ryan a worse leader than Carson Wentz? Because he didn't get benched for Sam Ellinger last year. Yeah, that's rough. There's certainly nothing coming out of that, you know, from Atlanta and, and they were really excited to get him. So I don't, you know, I don't know. I what, all these recycled, something, something all these, right there. I don't know. All these recycled veteran quarterbacks aren't working. That's they, not, I, I and said to be fair, from, every I time they do this, the, sorry. sorry, every time they do this, Every time I do this, they buy Frank Reich another year. There's nothing keeping him accountable to his own quarterback. Uh, okay. That's why I don't know. See, I, here's a question I have because it's like, what do they say? Like, whenever you point the finger out, like you got three fingers pointing back at you. So here's the question that I got to ask: Could Frank Reich actually be the problem here? No. Like, uh, yes, yes, but they won't do. I it. don't know. They won't pull the. I think they love him. I think they. Him and uh, the GM, what's his name? I forget his name. Chris, uh, Ballard. Chris Ballard. Chris they Ballard. love those two. So I don't think, I don't think that's going to be something that changes anytime. Yeah, well, soon. I mean, you know, I think, in I think World War just... II, the Italians love Mussolini. Like that didn't necessarily work out good for everybody. Like, so I don't know. Like at a certain point, you got to evaluate people for what they're doing and not necessarily like how they're perceived. I realize yeah. that's a stretch, but I'm not comparing Frank Reich to Mussolini. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> yes, thank you for that. Thanks for clarifying that one. <laughs> but you know, you got to look at the results. I don't know, Matt Patricia, on the other hand, I think might be better. Okay, what's there's the a, common denominator a, there? I'm just saying, could he be the issue? I don't know, but it raises a question for me because something here is not adding up. So, so what's going on? <laughs> I said it from the start. They should have just kept Jacoby Brissett the whole time and instead of just trying to go with Philip Rivers and Wentz. They would have spent way less draft capital. He might have actually had some consistency and developed over that time and look at that the browns seem to be i guess doing as good as the colts are this year i think they both have three wins uh, actually That's, no never mind the browns don't have three I, wins. I give them credit for trying like they're trying things but you know carson wentz is on the ir but he had some good games in washington so it's like yeah it's easy to throw dirt on him and say he's the problem like matt ryan like was pretty successful in atlanta with the exception of last year um so it, it's like I don't know, like what's what's going on there. Something's happening there. But that all being said, like let's talk about AC joint injuries real quick. So irrespective of uh, you know Frank Reich's uh, potential issues with Matt Ryan, a grade two AC joint injury is pretty bad. 
Um, and it's his throwing shoulder too. So it's a separation of the joint where the collarbone meets the shoulder. So there's damage to the joint there. There's elevation of the clavicle and there's actually damage to other ligaments that are here in the front part of the chest. So this is a bad injury. Um, and this is probably going to cost him multiple weeks anyway. <laughs> this is probably it couldn't be worse than what they have right anyway. now. Right? <laughs> they basically have and, a corpse throwing the football all season this year. So, yeah, well, the, the, sorry, I'm, Matt Ryan. I'm not, I'm not touching that one, but this is going to cost him multiple weeks regardless, could even require surgery. So could this be, you know, now you got to ask the question, like, could this be the end of Matty Ice, not just for the season, but could this be his career? I don't know. He could, he's been he, awful the last three, four seasons, honestly. Like, his touchdown rate's brutal. Like, it's... Do you know who's awful? Marcus Mariota, he's still got a job. Do you know who's, who's awful? Mitchell Trubisky, still got a job. Do you know who's Backup awful? Job. No. Jimmy Garoppolo. There's no difference no. between Garoppolo and Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan's going to get a job. I uh, think uh, Garoppolo's way better right now than Matt Ryan. I think Matt, Matt Ryan's... Matt Ryan's 38. Years. Like, he doesn't need this. Like, he can, uh, you know, he can go do anything he wants. Like, he's like... I don't there's going to be a team... There's going to be a team next year that's going to want to bite the bullet on a vet like you tell me that Carolina aren't going to want to bite the bullet on Matt Ryan if they can't get a quarterback Carolina needs to go after Nathan Rourke if they can't draft a quarterback I'm just I'm just saying that like there's there's a way to get a veteran QB in like Matt Ryan without actually having to do much Tampa next year probably without Brady right if they have guys that are on stupid amounts of money that's a chance (laughs) why don't don't Colts go get Brady I, I look at Matt Ryan like Gladys. Like, Matt Ryan doesn't need the Colts like Gladys doesn't need this. She's like, I don't need this crap. She's like, I'm doing you guys a favor by being here. I could walk at any time. And what are you guys going to do about it? I was going to say, I, I think Gladys this. is way better like, than You guys Matt need Ryan. to make me happy. Thank you. But <laughs> that's what it's all about. So, Gladys, you are, you are Matt Ryan in this, Gladys in show. Right. We cater to you. <laughs> well, we also cater to our listeners. And Eric uh, does have another question. So, how would you rate his team? Um, Trevor Lawrence, Austin Eckler, DeAndre Swift, Amon Ross, St. Brown, Michael Pittman, Gabe Davis, Terry McLaurin. I assume that's Christian Kirk. Maybe it's Kirk Cousins. Uh, also having Pat Fryermuth. I I yeah. give that to you. I was gonna say that it's got to be an A A minus at the very worst. Um, I think they mentioned he's got Mostert for a backup running back. That'd be my only concern is only having three running backs is maybe not enough depth, which to Eric's point of asking the question earlier, I'm sorry, I'll bring up the question earlier. This team probably could afford to make a two for one. I think maybe what we're saying is shoot higher than Hopkins with Pittman. You should be able to get like the really elite tier. Can you get a Jalen Waddle or or a T Higgins? Can you talk about this last week, right? AJ Brown. AJ Brown might be a good with the bye week pass. That may be my target for this type of two for one move. And then that way you fill that extra spot with the running back. Sorry, Dan. We spoke about this last week. Like if you're looking at a position of need, like the upgrade he needs is at tight end. Right, you could do better than Fryman if, if you have all those really good wide receivers. Gladys, you gonna stand for that? Wait, no, 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 wait, 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 wait. I love Fryman. I'm just saying, like this year hasn't hasn't really taken off for him, has it? Like, it's not like he's been out with a concussion or something. It's he just came back. Last game was his first game. Yeah, Pretty sure he's a top it. ten tight end, even missing a couple of weeks. Uh, Dan Dolan is a top ten tight end. Let's not go too far here. Well, that's well, what I'm saying. Like, done. Well, what's your standard? He's done. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just saying, like, if you want to position a need, like. You could go and upgrade him and still like not have to like go two for one with Hopkins and receivers. It's a lot of work for nothing. Like you're trying to get one receiver for two, and those two are probably going to pay off more than what the other guy is anyhow. Like 
look at what you need. And if you can find a way to upgrade from, if I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but like, go get Kittle. If you can go get Mark Andrews, go do that. Go get those guys. Like, Who's going to give you Mark Andrews for those two guys? That's well, what I'm, I'm, I'm not saying. I'm just saying like, you've got to try and go and improve what you feel like I'm, you not, I'm not saying, I'm just saying. <laughs> Michael Pittman, to be fair, Michael Pittman is that type of thing. You throw fire youth with a Pittman. That's the kind of way that you can get that. And then, like I was saying earlier, Not you open up a roster to. spot to get an extra running back in. So, so to Dan's point, that's kind of the actually, way I, I, I actually go. like that. I think I, I agree with Doc and Glass's like reaction that. in that there aren't many no, tight ends you could upgrade. There's like two or three, right? I, I so go that. go look to those teams first. Try and make go, a, a trade with those teams yeah, first. If not, then it. you can look to try and upgrade at wide receiver. But yeah, I, I do like that. Like exhaust, you know, it, like force that force the Mark Andrews manager to hit reject, right? Or or just ignore the offer. But like. Go make the offer, right? The I, best, I'm with the Dan best on that. Try, the best trade is the what? I'm going to make the Mark Andrews. Oh, no, no, we can't refuse. Is that Mussolini? Listen, the best trade you can make. The best, the best trade you can make is, is the one that you send, right? Like, <laughs> send it off. <laughs> that's, that's almost some Wayne Gretzky stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, a lot of like, me and Carl, we made a trade this year. The reason why he accepted it is because no one else sent them the trade. Like he accepted mine because I was the only one that sent it to him. Like a lot of the time, that's true. There's off. there was there was at least four different people who oh, said sh- I would like Brandon Ayuk, and I I even sent offers to them, and you know some Nothing. you know didn't reject, but like no one made the effort to actually go send out an offer. Dan did, and like well uh, that's so, easy enough. Sometimes you're gonna send the offer, like you never know. Someone might say yes, like that guy might. I, I, I want to use this pick to go back buy back Carson Wentz off Dan later. Uh, yeah, there we go. <laughs> And that worked out well for both of us. But I'm just... <laughs> Not so much. <laughs> oh, so I just got breaking news: the Jets are acquiring James Robinson to replace Brees Hall. Wow, I love it. Yeah, yeah, I do too. Actually, actually, that's great. Oh, great that's for so Etienne. Funny. Great for Robinson. Yeah. Oh, that sucks for Michael Carter. I just traded. Oh my god, that is <laughs> amazing. And I thought, oh man, it, like as much as like it sucks losing Hall. Like, okay, that's a perfect kind of benefit to that is that one share I had of Michael Carter I just traded for suddenly is a must start every week. <laughs> exactly. Maybe not anymore. Uh, but anyway, so uh, talk about running backs. The Joker with a serious question here. Should I drop Jeff Wilson for Khalil Herbert? And the rest doesn't matter to me because I think it's no joke. Absolutely. 100%. Khalil Herbert might not do well tonight. We'll talk about that. But it, it seems like yes. Jeff Wilson's going to be stuck in a five-way committee that just <laughs> added Christian McCaffrey and is if anything is going to make it so that's not a committee and it's McCaffrey and everyone else, uh, whereas Herbert outsnapped everybody yesterday, he outsnapped them and he had more targets than all the running backs. We'll, yesterday. we'll ease him in. We'll ease him in. Right. It's yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, no, for sure. No, Jeff Wilson's stuff. for sure. A, a drop. I think in, in yeah. dynasty redraft doesn't matter. Uh, Khalil Herbert's in a 50, 50 split with David Montgomery at kind of, you know, he, do, he probably doesn't have too much pass catching upside. I suppose Wilson, I guess doesn't have much of that either. It's the 49ers never throw to the running backs. They may have to now with McCaffrey, of course. So yeah, I think all of us would say no hesitation, no joke. Drop Wilson for Khalil Herbert. Uh, Doc, we do, let's do that right there. we talked about. So uh, we can start with Dalton Schultz. I know we've talked about him in the past. It seems like he comes in, comes back. You've kind of said in the past, you want to see him have a full healthy game, productive like his old self before you choose to start him again in a week. And I guess he hasn't necessarily done that yet. We're still waiting. Yeah, I want to see him have a full healthy game where he's productive and he doesn't get re-injured in the game and he hasn't done that yet. So until he does that, I think you got to recognize the considerable volatility and risk that he carries, you know, if he does play because he re-aggravated his injury again. So it's like, it's going to be more of this. And it's like, I don't think you could be confident starting him until, 
you actually see him heal. Maybe it won't be till after the bye week. Maybe that'll be the time where he actually gets some time to rest and recoup. Um, but you know, a tight end is a wasteland, so you may not have a better option. I get that, but you know, if you do, like, it's really hard to count on him right now until he until he gets some rest and is able to kind of heal up. All right, well, rest up, Doc. Here we go. You got your three seconds before. Doc's rapid fire. We're going to start with the Broncos. We've got both Russell Wilson and Mike Boone. You're off, Doc. And go. So, Russell Wilson, hamstring injury, grade two partial tear. Um, So, he was out week seven. They're saying he's trending to playing in week eight. That doesn't match up with the injury severity. Uh, You know, he needs multiple weeks to heal, so I really have my doubts. If they force it and he does play week eight, he'll almost definitely be affected, and it can make the injury worse. So, you got to proceed with extreme caution here and have a backup at least through their bye week. Um, Reese Hall, we already talked about, and now with James Robinson's coming to town, so that kind of throws some cold water on the whole Michael Carter thing. Ezekiel Elliott back on the injury list with a knee contusion. The question is, is it a soft tissue contusion, like a bruise, or is it involving the bone, which is a bone bruise? So a bone bruise is actually an incomplete break, so that's a much bigger issue. Knowing Zeke, he's probably going to play through it regardless of what it is. Um, but he might or maybe even should seed some more work to uh, Tony Pollard. So we just got to watch practice reports on this, be on the lookout for updates. Chuba Hubbard with the now resurgent Carolina running game after Christian McCaffrey leaves, like who knew? Um, allegedly, he could have come back after injuring his ankle in week seven. I suspect that it's a low ankle sprain. He could still be limited or even miss week eight. Dante Foreman looked good as well, so he should pick up any of the slacks. So or just watch your practice reports on that. Mike Boone, this might be the last that we hear about him for a while. Uh, So he injured his ankle. He's on IR, so he's out for four weeks minimum. Uh, Latavius Murray and Melvin Gordon kind of splitting the work, and Marlon Mack has made a reappearance. Um, So he was signed to the team for the truly desperate uh, who want to handcuff that backfield. Um, So Boone's probably droppable at this point. DeAndre Swift. Sorry, Doc. Oh, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Just us from learning from you, that means high ankle sprain, right? If they immediately put him on IR, they didn't say that. I mean, that that makes the most sense, yeah. And that's probably what he's dealing with. Or they just want the roster spot because they're like, look, he's not playing anyway. So (laughs) like we might as well, now he's got an injury so we can just free up the roster spot and and throw him on IR and get somebody else in there for more depth, especially with the Russell Wilson injury. You figure they're going to skew more towards the run. Um, Speaking of not being able to run Deandre Swift. So he was out weeks four and five and again, out in week seven sandwiched around the bye week So it's been a month. Um, but he was supposed to be back by now. So his return is still unclear. No guarantees that he's going to be back next week. And I'm really starting to worry that this could be something that's either going to crop up again or could potentially hamper him all year. So definitely raising my, my worry meter I think I got him at a, I have him at a three out of five now. Um, so, you know, no guarantees with anything there. Um, sticking with the knee injuries, uh, DK Metcalf. So this one could be bad. He's got an injury to his patellar tendon, which is in the, I don't want to get too technical on you guys, but it's in the very not good category (laughs) as far as knee injuries. So likely going to miss multiple weeks, severe enough injuries to the patellar tendon require season ending surgery. The team is saying that that's not on the table right now, but you have to recognize it's coming from Pete Carroll. So you got to take that with a huge grain of salt. Surgery could be needed later. And if DK comes back too soon and he makes the injury worse, then that could be a problem as well. So we got to stay tuned there. Sorry, Doc, to interrupt again the the rapid fire, but just thinking back to the Seahawks, isn't this what Jimmy Graham suffered? It is. That's a good callback. So he had a severe patellar injury, and he basically was done for the year. And um, you know, I think he was he was out for a whole year. Bad Giants memory. Victor Cruz suffered this, right? 
uh, I, I, that may have been the injury that ended his career, if I'm not mistaken, or for yeah. all intents and purposes yeah. did. I, I know remember it was had, a game against the Eagles. Yeah, and I think it was. Yeah. Uh, anyway, sorry about that bad memory. Yeah, so you, just you really can think the, of the six and one Giants this year. So that's the all point good. is, it's a really bad injury. It's not something yeah. you want to deal with, and it's not as cut and dried as like an MCL injury or you know meniscus injury, where the timetables are kind of more straightforward and you know what you're dealing with. Like this could go from bad to worse. So you know, really, if I'm talking about cutting Mike Williams, we I think we have definitely probably even more so would be willing to cut DK Metcalf even in, re- in redraft. I wouldn't. I wouldn't do it at this point, just because you want to wait okay. for confirmation. Especially okay. if you're, you know, a team six and one, seven and zero, oh, five yeah. and two, whatever. You know, if he does come back in five, six weeks or whatever, then he could still be good for you in the playoffs. But I don't think he's going to be helping you in the short term. So you got to make that uh, determination. Marquise Goodwin had two touchdowns, looked good in relief, so he's definitely somebody to take a look at. Um, Mike Williams. Uh, Let's see. What are we? What are we talking about here? Uh, we got David and Joku yeah. with the ankle sprain as well. The high yeah, we do. So we talked about Mike Williams, uh, Amon Rice, St. Brown. We got Alan Lazard, uh, shoulder injury uh, for the Packers. Uh, Kyle, my my condolences. So severity and type unknown. Was wearing a sling after the game. Doesn't really tell you much, but this could be a dislocation, a subluxation where the shoulder actually comes out of the joint, goes back in, a la Dalvin Cook. Could be an AC joint injury like we've been talking about with the clavicle where it meets the shoulder or the collarbone where it meets the shoulder here. He could easily miss uh, several weeks a la DeAndre Swift. So we just got to watch practice reports. Sammy Watkins is a Hail Mary option literally uh, for the relatively desperate. Uh, Russell Gage has been you know dealing with injuries all year. Now he's got a hamstring injury. Severity unclear, but the MRI is pending. A grade one injury could cost him anywhere from zero to two weeks, grade two, two to four weeks. And if it's really bad, sometimes they require surgery. Um, I feel like that's less likely at this point, but we just got to be on the lookout for updates. The, the Thursday uh, night game for them. This yeah, week. Thursday so night game. So quick turnaround. You know, I'd say it's unlikely he's available for that. And, you know, the Tampa Bay passing offense hasn't been great to begin with. So, you know, I think he's somebody that you could look to move on from if, you know, you have other needs. Corey Davis is piling on to the, uh, the Jets' woes. Uh, MCL sprain, severity unclear, uh, suspecting a grade one injury, which could cost them, uh, you know, one to two weeks. And again, the bye week is week 10, so they could hold them out until after that. Uh, Nico Collins showed up with a groin injury, injured in, and was unable to return. Severity unclear on this, so we'll just watch the practice reports, but have another option ready for week eight if he's not ready to go. David and Joku. All right, so here's something. We talk about, like, is it better to be first or is it better to be right? I would argue it's better to be right. Um, and the reason that's right. Initially, I said that first. Right, that initially reported ankle injury is not serious. Well, apparently, whoever reported that's got a very different definition of not serious compared to me because this is a high ankle sprain and that is serious to me. If your guy's going to be out for a month which is what it's going to look like. It could be more. If he comes back sooner than that, expect him to be limited. So again, like there's this pull where it's like, I want the information as soon as the guy's injured. I think it behooves you to wait for the imaging so you can get an accurate diagnosis so you can make an appropriate decision as opposed to just saying, well, they said it's not serious, so he's probably fine. Well, he's not fine. He's probably going to be out for a month, and here we are. Um, Daniel Bellinger, this one was a surprise, got poked in the eye and I don't know what they poked him in the eye with, but they broke his orbital bone and he needs surgery. So 
yeah, football's a rough game, man. Um, <laughs> expect him to miss multiple weeks, could even hit the uh, IR, and my guess is he probably does, uh, but not expected to be season-ending, so I think we'll see him again, uh, but it's just it's going to be a few weeks. And Dalton Schultz we talked about. Is there anybody else that I missed? Uh, well, there's just for the Thursday night game. I mean, Rashad Bateman came back. Yeah. Uh, I don't think he suffered any setbacks, so we would expect him to – you know, he didn't necessarily wasn't the most productive game. Would would you play him coming off a short week now that he's gone yeah. through a full game? No, I'm good. I'm good with that. I, I don't know if that was game script or, you know, they just wanted to give Gus the bus, like the ball a million times or whatever. But Lamar only threw the ball, what, like 16, 17 times or something like that. I think yeah, better I days are ahead for that whole offense. Um, he looked I mean, efficient he when injuries. he did. He didn't get a lot. Sorry, but he didn't get a lot of production. But like yeah. yards after the catch, it looked like he kind of had his explosiveness back. So. Yeah, Just no, he looks good. I mean, Mark Andrews had what 0.4 PPR points. So it's like I'm starting Mark Andrews next week. So if yeah. I'm starting Mark Andrews after that, then I'm starting Rashad Bateman after his game. And scene. And that, <laughs> uh, of course, anything uh, you know, if you want access to the doc, of course, on Twitter at TFS Doc, the fantasy sports doc, but also you can check out the goingfor2.com Discord, uh, Discord slash going for two. And uh, Doc has his own injury channel there where you can uh, ask him anything. And, and again, we've got uh, tons of different channels about so many things betting prop bets and you know that can help you let's say you go to no house advantage for instance and you want to sign up for their prop betting contests you can use the promo code gf2 uh capital g capital f the number two for your a deposit match up to 25 dollars uh, they'll, so they'll match whatever you put in up to 25 dollars and uh you can uh create you know bet on prop contests i believe it's uh you pick up the five props and if you get all five right it'll you get like 20 times your, your entry. So, you know, it's no, I think the idea of no house advantage is you're not playing against the house. You're playing against other people and you're, you're playing against it to, you know, get it right as well. So there's like a, you know, leaderboard with, with everyone's picks. So uh, again, join no house advantage today. And as we're talking about picks and props, let's get to the Monday night game after we answer a couple of questions. Uh, so I guess relating to the Monday night game, actually we'll, we'll touch on that in a sec, but uh, so this doesn't relate to it. So 12 man PPR have Mahomes, Eckler, Wa- Walker, Pittman, Hopkins, Andrews, Deontay Johnson on my bench, Gabe Davis and Travis Etienne. Got just got a trade offer for, of Deandre Hopkins. I was gonna say, is it, is it Hopkins for Pittman and, uh, and Gabe <laughs> Davis? No, it is got a trade offer of Deandre Hopkins and Etienne for Stefan Diggs. Oh no, no. I don't know. Gladys, what do you think about that? Um, not I no. Etienne's now the only guy in the backfield for that team. So and Diggs, you have Gabe Davis. That I think to me that would you're yeah. well that I, I would yeah. To your point, Gladys, I would try to move Gabe Davis to get Diggs. Can you do Hopkins and Gabe Davis for Diggs? I would counter with that. Wait, wait, why wait, hold on, hold on. Time out. So <laughs> let me just throw this out there. What's wrong with having both of those guys from Buffalo? especially as you're going towards the playoffs, somebody gets hurt. You got automatically got the replacement on your team There's... building insurance. Like I get it. You always want to shoot for upside, but as we get closer towards the end of the year, you know what the doc always talks about. Insurance is great. You, you hope you never need it, but if you don't have it, you get left with empty pockets. You don't want to have this great team get to the end. And then Stefan Diggs misses a week because he gets a concussion or something like that. And you traded Gabe Davis away, who would then be elevated to like a low grade, you know, wide receiver one, high wide receiver two. And there's nothing wrong with having both of those guys. They're both startable on any given week. So if it were me, you guys know I don't like to do trades. I would do this trade. I, I like the idea of trying to move Hopkins after what he did 
last week. Like, uh, striking why the iron's hot, I get it. I, I like the idea of trying to move him. I would be trying to package him to move on. I don't think I'd be moving ETN at this point. Keep uh, your uh, yeah, like, running back depth. Yeah, yeah. Eckler, <laughs> Kenneth Walker, Travis yeah. Etienne run with those three. And yeah, try and... Yeah. That, and that's I, why I, I was thinking Davis might be a good target I, because you're you're giving them a piece of that Bills offense. They're losing digs, but you still get access to that Bills offense. Let's say they don't go for that. Do you have to give up Deontay and D-Hop or even Pittman and D-Hop? Yeah, I mean, if you could move Deontay, you, you probably should at this point because it's it's tough. And I'm not hating on the Steelers. I was going to say, glad he's just there for that I can see, later now. I, I can see you. No, I'm... Dan, you're, Dan, you're telling on yourself today. You're telling on yourself big, this week. You just Gladys knows like where I steal. Gladys knows where I stand with the with the Steelers. She knows where I'm at. Big fan of the Steelers. I wish they did better. I just, it sucks that they're not. It's it's it really does. I'm a big Deontay Johnson guy, but it's not working at the moment. It's it's tough. It's great for Pickens. It's fantastic. Pulls popped off every now and again, but Johnson, it's like four for forty, and it's tough if. If you can move him for an upgrade, yes, absolutely. So this, but this I don't, is, I'm this is really important. This is really important. Kyle, do you know who the backup running back is who stands to get a bump in production now? That oh, yeah, James I know. Robinson's, I know. Who, you know, but does I Kyle know? know? We all know. This. Who is don't it? Jermichael Michael Hasty, baby. Michael Hasty. This, 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 this is been, finally this upon been us. Five, like, five years. How long have you been in waiting for this? Three years. This is his third year. This, he, he was drawn to Taylor. Yeah, wait, you've been trying this, to make Jermichael Hasty a thing for three years. This could finally be it. It could well, finally. It's crazy. Be the last, the last season. two, three weeks have been insane for the my guys running backs. Like, because Jermichael Hasty, a couple weeks ago, had a sixty-yard touchdown run. <sighs> Deion Jackson was active and he had a great game. Keontae Ingram did amazing on Thursday night. Got a touch. Got uh, was it two touchdowns? He got one touchdown, I think. But uh, yeah, so the my guy running backs last three classes all all covered up roses for them. Hasty Jackson and uh, and uh, Keontae Ingram. So. Uh, yeah, I'll be more. Dan knows I'll be really insufferable, but we're here. We'll talk about the Giants again. Oh, uh, Wait, why did we us. decide for him? Yes or no? Well, you guys, so you guys all said no, and I said yes. Yeah. Okay. All so, right. Um. Yeah. So I guess. So uh, yeah. So so stock boys, uh, take that. Uh, take stock of what we said, and and again, we, so I think we made some offers. On... I don't think I ever say yes to any trades, That's and true. I said yes to that trade. So that, I feel like that should mean something. To get to get digs, right? If it's if it's getting the wide receiver two in fantasy right now, like that's that's the thing that makes you say hell yes, right? Absolutely. Get more, so, get as many pieces of that offense as possible, and then in the playoffs, you got that explosivity. Oh baby, Eric is asking, do I drop Russell Wilson for Daniel Jones? I'm shocked Daniel Jones yeah, is still available yeah. at this point. I think I think yeah. this is a hard problem, yeah. right, everyone? Yeah. Daniel Jones, let's go. All right. Uh, oh, one more here, and then we'll get to the Monday night game, I swear. Uh, keep your league. Keep Brees Hall, lose a fourth-round pick, or Joe Burrow, lose a seventh-round pick. First-year ACL is bad, but not ready to drop Brees yet. I'm not, I'm not, I mean, I'd assume this is not something you have to decide right now, but... Yeah, if you could, if you could delay this as yeah, long is as it, you can. I think the thing is, is it a one quarterback league or is it a super flex or a two quarterback league? Well, I, think that, I mean, that's if it's a su- if it's a super flex two quarterback league, Burrow's never going in the seventh round. So I'm making the assumption it's a one QB league. Oh, all right. Well, I mean, in in that case, like I, if you got to make the decision now, like I would go with Kiki Breeze Hall. Um, but if it's a super flex or two quarterback league, then you keep the quarterback. And I think. Slayer uh, 1200, you would know. It is is your league, even though it's, he does mention one QB, do our quarterbacks kept often in your league? Like, you know how the other managers act. Is it something where quarterbacks yeah. are tough to get? 
that would be maybe the only reason I would keep Burrow because it is, you know, the, the extra three rounds is maybe, is maybe decent value. But yeah, I think one QB, give me the running back, especially Hall. You know, if, let's say next year we, we get news that, okay, he won't be ready to start the year, but you can expect him for most of the season. He's probably going in the fourth round. You're probably not losing too much value there. Where, you know, Burrow's probably also going in the seventh round. So both of them are probably okay value for where they're going. But yeah, I think, I guess uh, asking, is there any fear, hesitation, keeping Hall? At this point, I'd say no. But again, it, I, we'd all make the assumption you don't have to make this decision right now necessarily. And, and this might also impact, are they trying to trade away Brees Hall? And if so, like, don't make, don't let this be the reason that you stop you. Like, if you can get a good deal for Brees Hall, and it, as a result means you have to keep Burrow, I think we're okay with that too. Agreed. All right, so Monday Night Football, Bears Patriots. We don't okay. We don't have any more Broncos games on Monday night, but now we enter where we have a couple Patriots games, and unfortunately includes the Bears here. So you guys uh, want to move the lines again? You guys screwed me last week. You keep t- you keep changing the lines. Like I we pick and then you move the lines, and then I end up with a tie instead of well, a technically win. underdog. Give underdog the moving the lines. It's give it's them the standings while while you're at it. <laughs> so yeah, so the it was 39 and a half. I think going up to 40, it's still the the lowest uh projected total from any game this week. So uh Patriots favored by eight and a half. I mean, we I guess we do have a question regarding this is uh from Super CNB Challengers. I need 17 points from Ramondre in full point PPR. Do we think that's possible? Keep the faith. You know, keep the faith. Yeah. I think it's sure. it's touchdowns. If he scores a touchdown, he's probably getting 17. If he doesn't score there a touchdown, go. that might be tough. So I think you just you have to I, make I, him a I, touchdown. I'd say this. I think this game is going to be heavily featured on the ground. So yeah. he's going to get the work, I would think. So yes, you're a chance, but that those scores are gonna. So you're yeah, telling me there's a chance. I like your. I like the chances there. There's a chance. So uh, just uh, you know, recapping some of our decisions last week. Actually, this is the first time this has happened all year. All four of us got our prop picks right. And if you want to make prop picks as well, join the uh, use the, again the promo code GF2. You can also use it on Underdog. If you want to join underdog to make their picks, a lot of the projections and the predictions we're showing and we talk about tonight come from underdog. So uh, that's our sponsor, our sponsor, right, Dan, uh, the sponsor is sponsors us. This show yeah. that is a sponsored show. hundred percent up to a hundred bucks. Um, yeah. Unless you live in Colorado, you cannot do pick them. Uh, oh, I, I, underdog's not available in Canada. Either, you can so. do other things in Colorado that aren't, oh, yeah, which we can also do in Canada. Yeah, Canada. So yeah, it's, not <laughs> yeah, that's, all, it's, it's not the trade off, right? What's I up? can still play huh? CFL. Not all bad. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Unlike this I don't understand their today. drafting. So I've like got money there. I, I, I've drafted like four times. And... <laughs> all right. So um, I guess I guess the, the first thing we talk about is, is these uh, these uh, projections. So 40 for the combined uh, over-under on the game. And then again, Patriots by eight and a half. So anyone want to plant their flag on the reason well, I, want, I want to plant a flag on you should give everybody the standings up to this point so before <laughs> right. we make our picks so of course doc the, the, so uh doc is still leading at 15 4 and 2 uh not you know the rest of us are kind of gaining dan's at 12 7 and 2 i'm at 11 8 and 2 because last week the broncos and chargers they just had to lower that line to three right because they, it was exactly yeah, three. so so to, well to be fair to be fair, Doc, we would, you know, we were going to go Chargers at at four and a half or four, and we would have lost it, and Dan would have won That's by picking right. the Broncos. So now we all tie, and we're all together. Uh, wow. but yeah, so life's full, uh, life's full of disappointments, but uh, I, I will persevere. <laughs> well, again, we're, we're about to we're about to watch the Bears and Patriots on Monday Night Football. I'm sure lots of people are disappointed. Speaking um, of disappointments, so yeah, yeah. Um, I'm well. I think it's funny because 
the reason I'm picking lower than 40 is because I don't think the Bears can keep up. I don't think their offense can keep up to the point where my thinking was I was either going to go Bears and higher. Like if they could, if, if I thought the Bears were good enough to keep within eight and a half, it would, it would be enough points to get hit the over or hit the higher, sorry. Damn. Uh, but because it's not the case, uh, as Dan so eloquently put in our notes for the for the show, uh, just like, you know, Matt Jones returning, uh, Damian Harris returning from the hamstring injury, and Chicago notes, nil. Their whole team is a pile of fecal matter. <laughs> does that count? And I think it does. That's the note. So anyway, so I'll just start by saying I'm going lower again. Uh, you know, ever, ever since week one, and I, the higher didn't work, I'm just, okay, pick lower almost every week, and it's, it actually has worked out. So I'll, I'll stick with that here. I, I... I was thinking about this and I nearly went Pats. I actually originally went Pats higher. I, I actually went with Pats higher. I think lower is the, the safe bet, but, you know, we're trying to find an edge here within what we're doing. But I was sitting there thinking, can the Bears get the 10? Hmm. I think they can get the 10 points. Can the can the Pats get the 30, 31? Can, like, can the Pats absolutely put them through the ringer? And I think they can. We've seen them surprise at times, whether it was Zap or Mac Jones. They can put up a, a decent amount of points. It's boring as hell to watch, but they can. So I was sitting there thinking, can the Bears get 12 points? I think I think they're able to do that off the boot of Cairo Santos. So, so I'm going with that. So <laughs> No kickers. Hey, hang on. No kickers. We're I'm all just... for it. Listen, if, if, if Even Cairo though we Santos... Doc picked a kicker last week. For That's right. And which which my, you got right. Take a job in the field. Listen, it's a good bet to make, but I kind of think if the Bears, they're going to struggle. I don't think that's... I don't think that's a surprise to anyone, but they've pulled off the odd shock play here or there. They've got it in them. Can they get you to 12 points? Can the can the Patriots, Patriots get you to 28? I think so, but it'll be – I mean, I don't even know if I'm going to watch this. That's where I'm at. I've put my bet in. I might just go do something else. The Knicks are playing right now. You know, I got to complain I, about I, the Packers on the full press. Packers go after this. So that'll be more enjoyable. Call back from Friday night. He's going to he's gonna be playing the drums next week instead of watching. <laughs> the uh, so – so Dan's the only one who took higher. The three of us took lower. Gladys, no, you're the I only did, one who I took did, I didn't make my pick yet, but Gladys, you go. Oh, well, in, in the official show sheet, it's, it says... No, I know it's in the show sheet, but the people don't know. So you got to okay. tell the people. Well, Gladys, that's kind of why people. I was saying it, to be honest, was to, to kind of just get that out and reveal tell, it. But, tell uh, the people. Tell the people what you want, Gladys. Well, well, yeah. So Gladys, you went lower, but you also, you're the only one who picked the Bears as eight uh, and a half point underdog. So you, you're you saying that they can keep up with the Patriots. And that's I'm saying they will keep up with the Patriots, yes. But but now by also going lower, you're thinking that it's just their their defense is going to shut down the Patriots offense and like both teams will be yeah, a lot of sense. Think that Matt Patricia is going to shut down the Patriots offense but <laughs> this, is saying, this is Gladys saying this is Gladys's nice way of saying this is a shit show <laughs> 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 yeah I'm taking the Bears but the Patriots the Patriots are garbage as well this is this is what she wants to say you can just let it out Gladys just get it out <laughs> so, so the doc anyway you can share you, you you went lower you went with the Patriots if you want to add anything we haven't said feel free yeah the only thing that I'll add is that I you can't make this game line low enough for me not to take the lower. <laughs> like, I just, I can't do it. Like, I'm not going to put myself in a position where I'm, like, hoping that Justin Fields all of a sudden, like, puts it all together. And I like Justin Fields, but it's like, I feel like this game is just, I, I that's, that's the way I'm going with it. So I realize it's a really low total and it seems low, but it's like, I can see this game going, like, you know, 17 six or something like that like 2029 
Like just the Patriots really did just beat an NFC North team 29, nothing, which would be the lowest. Yeah. So, I mean that I could see that too. And I think Justin Fields, you know, yeah, might, might create team. some problems for him, but I, I don't know. It's just good. You know, I think Belichick's still the, the greatest defensive mind, you know, maybe ever in the game. Um, so England, Justin Fields has, has done worse against less. So, you know, I just, I don't like his chances this week. Prove me wrong, Justin. Prove me wrong. New, New England are three and three this year at over and under. So they're going at 50%. And as the home team, they are one and one. Hmm. So, yeah. Middle of the field with that. I did think this was quite a big spread. Like I did almost consider taking the Bears to Gladys's credit, but because they're it was three, this was just two. on the reach. They're three and two, uh, three, two and one against the spread. Hmm. All because okay. they've been such big underdogs most of the time. Everyone, everyone hates the Bears, right? So this is interesting. I, th- I thought it would be close. Um, and now I guess we can get to the the prop picks. So it's funny, Gladys and Doc. You're both kind of tied with your picks, and that you're both taking quarterbacks going lower. Uh, Doc. Uh, you've got Mac Jones. Uh, what is it? Uh, two, uh, 20, 28 and a half pass attempts lower, which is funny. You're taking a quarterback of the team you picked lower, and Gladys, you're also taking the quarterback of the team you picked lower. But yeah, so uh, feel free to share anything you want, Doc. Yeah, I, so, I just uh, I just think that Mac Jones coming off the injury, like if this game gets out of hand, they may just bench him and bring Zappy in, so he doesn't throw much. And let's say the the Pats are up, you know, two touchdowns in the third quarter that may be it for Mac Jones. So, you know, kind of thinking that, that they're going to want to run the ball as Dan said, and also that there's a non-zero chance that he doesn't finish the game. Either he gets re-injured or they take him out because they're winning. And that that's kind of the thought process behind it. All right. So Gladys, you've got Justin Fields lower than 165 and a half passing yards. So interesting that you pick, you're picking the bears and I mean, you know, eight and a half point underdogs doesn't mean they have to win necessarily, but it's funny they're picking the bears, but also fields to go lower. Yeah, two other sites have them at like 159 and a half passing yards and 160 passing yards. So mm-hmm. I went lower because of statistical anomalies. And, and, you, and you've talked about that in the past. Like, and Dan, you talk about this on your Friday show is you'll shop around your lines and, you know, you wouldn't make this bet on other sites, but this is the type of bet you'll make on underdog. On other sites, you'll be looking for a different, a different stat. You won't go with the fields. In fact, you might go over on, on that or you might just ignore it entirely. Exactly. All right. And then, Dan, you went with Devontae Parker. Oh, higher than two receptions. You know how I feel about bottom feeding? This is... <laughs> this, this, this is Devontae Parker, bottom feeder. Yeah, that sounds about right. You know how I feel about bottom feeding? Look, uh, he has his moments. Like with, with the Patriots, one week he'll, he'll pop off and the next week he does literally zero. So... It's the Devontae Parker ride. That's that's how it's been since he's come into the league. But, you know, in a game like this where, again, I, I believe everything that we've said today, I feel like is going to happen. Doc saying under 28 and a half pass attempts. Yeah, I don't think Parker's going to need more than four to cross that line in that regard. Uh, and that's that's what four I can't targets. Yeah, I don't think he's yeah. going to need more than four targets to go over over, th- and, and they could be fifty percent. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it could be very cheap wins for him in this regard. And I looked at it and I went, yeah, I mean, the Bears are just terrible across the board at their backline. Sands, Robert Quinn, he's awesome, but the rest of them are kind of garbage. So, you know, it, it's right, just so- one of those things where I thought this this might be the quickest way to get to a, a result. 
No, and that's and that's a good point. And so it's funny. I, I still haven't fully decided. I've got three. I think I know what I'm going with, but I'll kind of walk through the, the people, you know, the process for people. So you know, first... you can't decide once the game starts, Kyle. You know All that, right. right. So I'm going. Well, my top one is Jacoby Myers, higher than 54 and a half receiving yards. So that's most likely what I'm going with. In case I run out of time. Um, and that's I think the most reason, likely. Well, because the reason let's there. Let's just say they get to first pass. Yeah, let's see. Let's I, I guess, I guess it's, not like, it's not like my co-hosts are, are competing against me and I want to like, get their advice or anything uh, and just see what they think. But the idea behind Myers is I don't understand the line setting. He's gone over that every single game this year. So to yeah. me, this was an easy hire. Uh, Myers wow. leads the team in targets. He has more catches than anyone else on the team has targets this year. So he's very clearly the alpha. And it doesn't even matter who the quarterback is. Like Zappi was targeting him. Mac Jones back certainly should target him a lot. So I, you know, especially coming off the ankle injury, the slot receiver, shallow depth of target. Uh, I was also considering four and a half catches, but he's actually hit lower than that twice, even though he's hit the yards higher than. So it was weird how they set the yard line at uh, yeah. it again, 54 and a half. So I think he'll, he'll go higher than that. The other two I was thinking about were the bears uh, to deal with the bears running back. I, I'm officially taking Myers, but I just right. wanted to kind of okay. just talk okay. these out. Right. As okay. These are, these are potentials as well. I thought Khalil Herbert at 33 and a half was interesting. <laughs> well, I, I thought the that other, too. The other seven I was thinking about were. Uh... <laughs> no, no. I, I'm, I'm, I'm taking Myers. I'm taking Myers. That was my number one pick anyway. The greatest hedge uh, of all time. <laughs> I don't want to pick the Bears. I think that's mostly what that's about. I, I don't want to choose the Bears. Uh, but, that's, uh, that's such a Mussolini your... move. That's what Mussolini would do. He just had <laughs> Not touching that one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, because I, I got a feeling I know what Mussolini would do. I don't want to do that. Um, so uh, I'm not going to dictate everything, and but I do want to keep going. Um, so just talk about Khalil Herbert. Um, I was thinking about like you know the split with him and Montgomery. It seems that on the ground Herbert's gotten more yards than Montgomery every game except week two when Montgomery against the Packers had like 120 yards. Uh, so part of me was thinking the rivals actually on Herbert to Montgomery. It's what it's, uh, I wrote it down. I think it's 20 and a, it's like 20 and a half yards rushing. They're giving like, they're like, they're giving Monk or they're sorry. They're giving Herbert. So I think that's like enough to breathe that gap. Like my, part of my thinking is Montgomery won't get enough rushing yards to even make a 20 yard difference. Right. That's more just about like Montgomery, not failing to meet any expectations. So I thought that would be good. And then also though, they still use Montgomery as a pass catcher. So to Dan's point of bottom feeding Montgomery at 11 and a half receiving yards, yeah. I thought was pretty tempting too, just because they seem to still want him as the third down back. But again, I'm going with Jacoby Myers. Uh, the game's already started, so it doesn't matter anyway. Yeah. Uh, i got a couple <laughs> of questions I will touch on real quick that thankfully don't have to do with the game. Uh, you willing to trade T Higgins. I assume it's T not, not Rashad. Uh, and, God, and you need a wide receiver running back. Who do you target? Jeez. If you're wanting to, why would you want to trade Higgins? There you That'll go. That's question. the answer. Yeah. That's oh, that the will answer. Make, we'll make the easy thing. No, don't trade T Higgins. Yeah. There yeah. You go. Don't That's trade the answer. <laughs> there you go. So we're not willing to trade Higgins. Sorry, Sean. Any uh, realistic expectations for Montgomery? Up 11 in fantasy opponent just has him tonight. Up by 11? Again, you're in trouble. I don't think Montgomery's scoring a touchdown, so I think you're probably safe. <laughs> This is this is you. I guess the next, the next yeah. three hours. Yeah, so you, you can't help you. it. That's that's a low enough total that it, it could happen. It, you know, especially in PPR, if he catches enough With passes, PPR, that might be scary. That's, I that's think you're deal. probably fine though. Uh, okay. And Jackie has to go to the bathroom. He's letting right, me so know. We'll, we'll head out of here. This is the two point <laughs> Monday night conversion. 
Uh, we've got Gladys at Gladys L. Tyler. Dan's at the B-League says, or he's at and Discord hashtag. Dan. He's not actually at Discord Dan. He's at the B-League says, but he's, he is known as Discord Dan. Doc's at TFS Doc. I'm at Center says. We'll see you all next week on the happy Monday Halloween. Night Conversion. Bye. Yeah, happy Halloween. That'll be right. Bye, everyone. Yeah. Bye, everyone. Bye. Thanks for watching. Spooky game next week. Ooh.